Med Student Over Easy, a uh, subgroup, as it were, of EM Over Easy. Um, we are here today with a fine cast, and I am sitting here with Trish, my co-host for the day. Or I should say the host with the most. I feel like I'm the co-host. Trish, what do we got on tap for today? All right. So today we are going to talk about a topic that I learned about as a first-year med student called the fives, and I actually got it from Andy. And the fives are five people that you'd like to consistently keep in contact with, five people that you would like to eventually meet, and five goals that you have for yourself. And the idea is, as med students or even as residents, to kind of continue to revise these to keep you on track as you kind of go throughout your career. And for me, it was... It was just like an interesting concept, something that I'd never heard of before as a med student. So something I wanted to share with our med student listeners. Awesome. Well, who have we got here with us today? So to talk about this, we have Dr. Chris Colbert. Welcome, Hey, how Chris. are you doing? And Dr. Blake Briggs. Pleasure to be here. Alrighty. So when you guys think about this concept of the fives and you think about the people that you want to consistently keep in touch with, what's a common theme or like who are the people that kind of come to your mind? So that's a great question. When I think of individuals that I want to keep in contact with, and the reason it's support, and because those individuals have known you for amount of time that their message and their opinions resonate, whether it's something fun I want to share or insight on myself if I'm taking the right step. So without question, it would be the parents. Parents, and then after that, it would be my wife. Believe it or not, after that, I'll be my children. Children are very, very brutally honest. <laughs> and between, honestly, those five individuals, I've, I've got a straight path. And if I'm going off in a different direction, I can receive some insight to kind of go back to a better path. And that would definitely help in all aspects of medicine. Because a lot of the question that we have with medicine that really kind of makes us stay up at night, it's not how did I interpret that ABG? It's not that I look at that chest x-ray. It's the interaction between a patient or when you have a challenge with a procedure or it seems like there's a concept or the EKG you're just not getting in in front of everyone else. It's like, wow, I don't feel as if I'm making that mark. That's when you need to communicate with family, children, in some capacity for someone to say, well, you're on the right path, but you can't read EKG. No, I agree with that, Chris. On that same vein, parents, family members, support, I get it. For me personally, being a junior faculty and lacking that experience that you have a lot with years out, for me, I, I rely very much on my residency attendings. I was a very, at a very supportive program at Wake Forest University, and I knew that throughout residency, I had a very good support base of people I built relationships with. I still keep in touch with most of them, and those are the first people I always call when I have a bad case or a bad outcome or maybe something goes to peer review or maybe something that I just didn't feel comfortable with. I'll, I'll always be calling those people first just because uh, they're, in terms of feedback, I know they're going to be brutally honest, and they're also always going to have my back. So that, that's the five people or some of those five people, including my parents, are the people I always keep in touch with. I was really fortunate growing up. My father, most of the reason I went to medicine was my father. He's a physician too. And he does not do emergency medicine at all. He does high-risk pregnancy, but sounds like a, a even scarier field than our job. But 
he is a great person to talk to because he grew up and he practiced medicine and he went to medical school in the seventies. And so he's been practicing for over 30 years or something. He still practices too. He's going to keep practicing till he will never retire. We've decided that. And he's one of those guys you call and he'll provide that great unbiased opinion that it's not the emergency medicine side of things. He's providing just the doctor side of things. He doesn't know that much, of course, about treating an adult patient with chest pain, a male adult patient with chest pain, but he will provide that insight of, yeah, I don't know anything about what you're talking about, but it sounds like you handled it this way, whatever, and that kind of thing. And it's always good to have that outside perspective feedback from your own father, too. I think that's important. For sure. I, so I think um, I would give a pass to everyone and let them exclude from their parents, the children, their spouses. So, like, let's give everybody those cards. Um, and so for me, uh, beyond those folks, so the Kim and the mom and the Teresa and all that stuff. Um, the folks that I find really drawn to keep in touch with are people that at the right moment in time for me had a significant influence on my perspective on life. And in general, if I had to lump them into a category, I would say that they are people that made me better and happier. So there are so many, but I can a few actually are regulars of the show, obviously. So Andy, Drew, Tanner, Chad, and Katie, who I consider one unit, that is a great example, Pacetti. So there's that group of people. So the people that kind of were there and helped lift you up and continue to do that don't have to physically be there with you all the time. The other group that I would say that, that falls in there with the five that I would pick would be the people that much, much like Blake was talking about, your, your mentors. So Frazier and Peter Bell, those types of folks that kind of helped raise, raise you up to where you are. I'm really, I'm really fortunate. We're actually at a conference right now, ACOEP, interestingly enough. And one of the great things is I got a message, one of my favorite mentors, the reason that I'm actually in emergency medicine as a physician is actually here. So I'm going to meet up with them and catch up. So super excited about that. So I think mentors and people that, that made you better at some point. Yeah, definitely. And so we all know that med school is very busy. Residency gets even busier. Attending hood, I imagine, gets even busier. How do you all keep in touch with those people? How do you accomplish that? How to define people, as in my peers, the people I graduated uh, with? So these five people that you would want to keep oh, in touch okay. with, like how do we go about making sure that we're regularly checking in throughout the busy day-to-day? So I'm going to piggyback off of what John communicated. So I'm not putting family and parents in that category. So peers, my I will I have the ability to still text my program director. He may not return the text at anything after eleven o'clock. However, it's it's having a relatable conversation. So I'll text. We meet some things like ACOEP is a perfect example, where not only do I have program directors, I have my peers and my peer of practice in different areas of the United States, and so we can have a similar conversation on very familiar topics, but they see it through a different lens. And that adds a little bit of support and comfort in, in practicing medicine. And it's just great just to catch up. And it kind of rejuvenates why you went into emergency medicine, because you remember everyone from a different place. And from that place is where you kind of always begin when you meet, even such as a place like this at ACLEP. And that's where I find value is send text messages, emails. We have, with our residency, we have a blog site as well and just different ways to just keep in touch. Sometimes it's a little peripherally, then you just kind of just dive in if you see something interesting. 
Yeah, obviously in this day and age, it's so easy to keep in touch with people, uh, texting, call, that kind of thing. For for me personally, with Board Bombs, the podcast that I do, soft plug on another podcast, and Iltafat, my business partner and I, the one that runs the podcast with me, when I we first started it, I was a resident, a second year resident, he was in attending. And we had that mentor attending resident relationship that's still there. I value his experience because he's about five years ahead of me or so in terms of in terms of practice. But gosh, we have become such close friends. It is insane. We go on vacation together now. We keep in touch regularly. I'm recording a podcast with him here in another hour. And it's just great. And so on that same thread, we he trained at the same place. And he was obviously attending where I was at Wake Forest. And it was nice to have similar mentors. And so we have those mentors on our podcast. And so kind of what you do here with EM Over Easy, you, you build those mentors. And having those scheduled shows where they're on is, a, is an excuse to talk and share and keep in touch with them. I think that's so easy. Instead of months just fly by, obviously, our jobs and our lives. And you'll realize, gosh, last time I talked to so-and-so was ASAP or, or this conference, ACOEP. And you realize that it's easier just, okay, I need to just set a date and we, we know we're going to record this podcast with this person. So that's my excuse to text this person, keep in touch, et cetera, because it's so easy with life just to, to say, oh, where did the time go? So that's our excuse, at least for the podcast. Yeah, to- totally feel it. The easy part to, it really is a challenge. So something that I started doing because interestingly enough, it happened in med school, which seems to be a great demographic to talk about. So in med school, we actually started something called Thank You Thursdays where we would do a card or a thank you note or a handwritten letter and the whole class would sign it. And it might be to the, the janitor. It might be to the dean. It might be to a faculty member we liked. It might be to someone's spouse that made cookies for the whole class or whatever it was. And we would do this Thank You Thursday. And when, when I graduated, I just kept that up. And it's a great way every Thursday as a reminder to reach out to those people that maybe you don't even really have a reason to keep in contact with anymore and so maybe you don't need to keep on long-term things but i've read a really cool thing in the new york times about the eight minute phone call and the eight minute phone call has been something that i've started trying and i'm only a few weeks in so i'll have to report back later but so far i've really liked it eight minutes is the perfect amount of time riding in your car hands-free call somebody Text them beforehand, so it gives you the permission, like Blake was saying, to, to text. You have a reason. And then set up a, a little eight-minute phone call. It's enough to hear their voice, say hi, let them know you're caring, you're thinking about them, do a quick exchange, and it feels really good, and it really doesn't interfere with anything that you're doing. So might want to give that a try. Subtle flex, bringing in the New York Times. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. exactly. Well, Drew got me a subscription for I, I Christmas. I picked yeah. it up. I picked it up <laughs> totally too. Yeah. Totally true. We're I can to, access it. He always sent yeah. me articles which I could never read. But after I used my five free for the But for the record, the thank you Thursdays, I'm gonna steal that. That is an Please steal it. Excellent it is the, idea. It was game changing and it changed the mood of our whole class because you're in the doldrums, right? Med school is tough. And then you get separated in third and fourth year and you're spread out. But if you Take whatever group that you're working with or whoever your peers or whatever, but, but you can just do it for yourself. And I mean, if you do it personally and you reach back to like those Sunday school teachers or like your fourth grade teacher, I mean, do you know how cool it is for one of them to get just a handwritten letter like, I'm a doctor now and, and you were a big part of that and you may not know this. The, it, I can't put into words the amount of joy that I 
thought or hope I would give somebody, it's like a million times better for you. It's the most ridiculous thing in the world. You never think it would be like that, but it really is. Having a random, having, that'll change your Thursday. That'll change the culture of your Thursday if we do that on our conference. Because you could be the victim of a random thank you card for whatever reason. For whatever reason. Recipient, not victim. <laughs> Some people feel like it's a victim <laughs> until they read it. Until they yeah. read it. Yeah. 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 Well played. Yeah. Yes. It's like they're walking up to you. Do you remember? Just JK, here's the thank you card. <laughs> Do you remember that patient you saw the yeah, other week? Just kidding. Just kidding. They did here's great. The thank you card. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, those are all really good tips and tricks. And I think, you know, moving on to the five people that you'd like to meet. So now we've talked about the people that have got us where we are and kind of touching back in with them. But I remember when Andy presented this idea of the five people you want to meet, I'm like, who, who are we talking about? Like, what? kind of people and immediately your brain probably goes to someone in your field or something like that but it was funny because when he presented he's like no it could be anybody somebody famous somebody that's doing what you're doing somebody in medicine somebody outside of medicine so if everybody could think of one person that they would want to meet who would you want to try dead. to yeah, well, it would have to be living okay. because this is, these are supposed to be actual people that you want to work towards meeting that, that it is through the work that you're doing you could actually encounter them I'll take the hit and go first because I've been very blessed. Anybody that knows me would be Michael Phelps, but I actually got to meet Michael Phelps and that was mind blowing. So I've been very lucky. Um, so I've met some incredible, incredible people, but one person who is very incredible that I've not met that I would love to talk to would be Oprah Winfrey. Uh, just her ideas and the work that she did and just an awesome force of taking what you're good at and building it into an empire, but not like keeping it all to yourself, like sharing with other people. I just, I think it would be, I, I feel like I would, oh man, you get to hang 30 minutes and learn stuff from people. That would be uh, mind blowing for me. So Oprah Winfrey. I think while you guys are thinking, mine would probably be Ellen Pompeo, which is, she's the actress that plays Meredith Grey in Grey's Anatomy. And at first you're like, oh yeah, Grey's Anatomy is so cliche. But at the same time, and you would think too, it's, oh, well, she plays a character. And even if she's a character that has qualities that you would want to be, is she really that real person in real life? And she recently started a podcast called Tell Me. And so you actually get to hear her talking as her as an actress. And it's just so interesting how involved she is in the world around her. And she uses her influence to to do really good things. And, and she actually has some of the same qualities and ideas for the kind of young woman that I would want to be also. So... That would be probably mine. I got three. Oh, <laughs> wow. I knew this was going to happen. Three. I've got three. I've got three. Um, Gosh. It would be Barack Obama, Amy Schumer. And I was honestly sitting here thinking who on the Wu-Tang Clan specifically I would want to. Those are or, all amazing. <laughs> or, or if I get some Eric Clapton or Prince, some really genius Man, this is a hard one. This is difficult. I'm racking my brain because then I thought, from my perspective, obviously I could name some educators, whatever podcast would be too cliche, and there's and that's not that big of a thing. And I've met a lot of people that do a lot of the medical podcasts now, so it's like whatever. And then I thought, okay, team leading because team building, how to be a good leader in the department, right? Physician lead. And then I thought, greatest coaches of all time, team leaders of all time, and I have to say, Greg Popovich. NBA coach, most winning coach. Don't even think he has a good personality to go get a drink with. He's one of those guys that you can tell just some old things over hard on the, on the sideline. But 
big basketball fan. Not even a really big fan of his team, but I felt still one of those guys that I appreciate in terms of his winning approach, his stern approach to things. Love it. I could have picked a coach. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I think yeah, I think I asked Chris yeah. the hardest question that he'll ever have yeah. to answer. Yeah. Um, so no, coaching how to lead. And Te- Ted Lasso was a real person. I, I was going to say too. Ted Lasso was <laughs> yeah. a real person. Yeah. Okay. Because Ted Lasso was another one that legitimately changed the way. I mean, actual coaches. There's a Wall Street Journal article, sorry to piggyback off the New York Times, uh, Wall Street Journal article that came out and said all these coaches around the country were watching Ted Lasso's show because it completely revolutionized the way you were coaching. Like the approach, like you don't have to be this jerk anymore. It's like, no, actually leading with empathy and having a good example and telling people they're appreciated and liked and respected, like you were talking about earlier, the Thank You Thursdays, and that really goes a long way. And so I thought, if, I, I watched the Ted Lasso, it was a funny, entertaining show, but it was really actually impacted the way I thought about it in the department, like how you treat people, how you show appreciation and gratitude, and it really goes a long way. So those two people. Yeah. No, I love all of those. One thing I want to highlight, though, is something that both John and Blake said is, well, I would say this person, but I've already met them. Or I would say these people, but I've already met them. And so something to the med students, by getting involved and doing different things, like going to conferences and networking and and using the people around you to elevate you, kind of like you were talking about, John, I think that helps you to get to meet those people and so that's kind of how we accomplish that and how you guys have been able to meet those people that are really that are kind of your heroes or even if it's not somebody that you'd love to grab a drink with it's like wow I could really learn a lot from this person I would say my hero is Andy Little but thankfully he's sitting right next to me well I mean I would say that most of us would say that so nicely played (laughs) I've already met him too it's been there you go right yeah exactly he would have been on the list if he wouldn't have told if he wouldn't have been the one to tell me about this how, how bad am I shooting from the hip because what I would have said if I were really shooting for the hip is I said, well, I bet you didn't meet him at this morning because you were alone at church. Oh. <laughs> no, I was with I was with one greater than me. Right. There you go. <laughs> I was going to say the cliche, I would like to meet the Pope, too, but that's just a little too that's cliche. A, I don't want to go that way. Okay. But who wouldn't want to meet someone that famous? Obviously. <laughs> so just to round us out with the last five, the last five is five goals that you have for yourself. So as we talk about this, think about one goal that you had for yourself as a med student. And obviously we all had the goal of getting into residency. But other than that, one of the goals you had for yourself as a med student and then one of the goals that you have for yourself now as attending and myself as a resident. From my life's experience, I would have never thought I would have been here at this table. I remember, Andy, when EM Over Easy was just an idea. And they met at breakfast and they had a small booth at an ACLEP conference. Who would have thought you would have been here? Any of us. Just from my experiences in, in medicine and my recommendation and my goal for myself is to, and it sounds corny, very cliche, is but to chase your dreams and don't set the goals. If you chase your passions and your interest, everything else kind of lays out. Because for everybody, their goal was to be a doctor. And then so once you became a doctor, you started looking around, you're like, it's not as great as I thought it was going to be. There's got to be more to this one because you, then you get a stethoscope and then you go to work and then you get to write code and you, then you realize that, hey, teaching is fulfilling or working at the peer review at the department or having friends that are in medicine and we go hiking and that is the fulfillment. That's the goal. It's easily attainable. And I think that we as specifically as physicians were so our goal our life is based on what's the next step 
So I want to get to medical school. Once you get to medical school, then I want to get a residency. Once you get your residency, okay, then I want to be a physician. Then when you be a physician, I want to be this physician that's seeing everything is just the next step for us. We don't appreciate what we did to get to the step. And you look back and you have all these amazing steps that you shared with so many different people and you realize, well, wow, that's kind of cool. The journey was kind of better than getting here in the first place and that your path to your goal or to whatever your success is what works. So my recommendation, kind of a long way to go to that, is to follow that goal, follow your interest, follow your passion, and that's where the success comes. That's where the fulfillment comes, and that's where the quality of life comes. I'd say for me, something that is not just work-related, it started at work, but I've been working on a life goal of stoicism and becoming more stoic. And that for me is, is, is difficult because I am a very, what's the word? I don't want to say assertive person, but at, when I was a resident, it's very easy to be reactionary as you're a student and resident and you're learning to control your reactions to certain situations at work that are either life-threatening or emergent or not. And I know that for me personally, having the ability, and, and it's present in most of my mentors, of being in a situation and not letting things get to you, reacting in a certain way that's mature, and I think there's a lot of value in today's culture that's lost from many years ago of being a stoic. And stoic always gets a bad connotation because I think it, sound, it makes you sound dry or emotionless, but it's not. It's being someone that is reflective, is meditative, and also mature in how they deal with things at work. And it also allows me to, hopefully will allow me more as I practice it more, to be someone who the classic phrase, which I love to say, is don't just do something, stand there. It was the opposite of what was previously taught, meaning that you shouldn't rush into a room and react. shouldn't ever run into a room and do, certain, do things a certain way. You shouldn't shoot from the hip when it comes to comments or things that require more sensitive handling. So that ability to be more wise and sage when it comes to dealings, especially as a team leader for me, is something that's really important. Interacting with, as I discover more as a junior faculty that I'm in a position and assistant medical director now of I have nurses, I have uh, CNAs, technicians, other people, other people in the hospital that uh, I have to be in a position of not the one that's complaining all the time or not the one that's going to say, well, this sucks. Why is it this way in hospital versus okay, we need to think about that and come up with a solution for it. And so that's something that I've been trying to practice in my personal life, how I interact with things, and of course at work. Yeah, so mine is a little bit meta, but if you know me at all, you'll know that that's probably the way it was. It is. It's all virtual, too. Um, so um, I had uh, read something when I was a medical student that really changed um, what I uh, wanted to be. I, I saw a quote, and it said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it said, happy. And I was like 100%, that is actually what I want because I was at the time very happy with emergency medicine and what I thought I wanted to go into and being a doctor is being a teacher and I wanted to teach. So I didn't know exactly what I was going to do, but kind of along what Chris was saying, I knew, I knew I just wanted, like, I didn't want to get to the end of my days whenever that is and be like, oh man, like I wasn't happy. So uh, and I've been very fortunate with that. But during the pandemic, I read a book, which I've shared many, many times um, for anyone of you that know it, but um, the horse, the mole book, um, you can find it on previous episodes. But um, uh, it actually made me change my definition of that because it was, what do you want to be when you grow up? And the answer was kind. And so I realized that 
I'd already achieved actually the goal. I'm, I'm actually really happy. I love what I do. I've got amazing friends and amazing partners, you know, like I'm, I'm pretty, pretty blessed. Um, but happiness is a lot of times about yourself and kindness is more about other people. And so that is, um, for sure where I am focusing my attention now is being, being kind to others so that they can be happy as well. So that's my meta answer. Um, for me, I heard something yesterday and it's something that I've heard from mentors before is, um, strive for excellence, not perfection, because um, perfection is impossible and excellence is achievable. And if there's one thing that I wish I would have known or heard or told myself as a med student, I think that would have been one of the things was to strive to be excellent um, instead of striving to be perfect. And so that is mine. But yeah, I think this is a great conversation. I think we took a lot. I, there's a lot to take away from this. I think um, all of our med student listeners are going to learn a lot from this and hopefully can put together their fives and, you know, whether they want to meet, you know, Michael Phelps or, um, you know, the Wu-Tang Clan. I mean, they're, they, they will have a goal. They will be set to go. So, all right. Thank you, guys. Well, thanks for making it all the way to the end of that Med Student Over Easy episode. Don't forget, you can follow us on social media, whether it's on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or head on over to our blog, emovereasy.com. Also, don't forget, we are the official podcast for the American College of Osteopathic Emergency Physicians. You can learn more about this great organization by heading to acoep.org, where you can find about an upcoming CME event where you might get to see a few of your EM Over Easy hosts live and in person for a show. Until next time, thanks so much. Thank you.